What is up, Arizona high school basketball fanatics? Welcome back to the Arizona Small Ball Podcast, where we discuss one of the hidden gems in Arizona, small school basketball. Here we talk about everything in the small ball scene. We cover scores, coaches, teams, and players. As coaches in the Valley, we understand that these teams don't get enough attention, and our biggest goal is to change that. We're here to keep you guys updated on everything small ball and ignore everything else because Honestly, Arizona Small Balls is better than everything else. On our show, these guys are the stars. It is Monday, March the 14th. Reyes is here with me as always, and the season is finally officially over. It felt a little bit weird not recording an episode last week, Reyes, but... You know, it's just kind of nice to have a little bit of a break after the season is over. We wanted to take some time because all conference awards were released. We wanted to take some time out and highlight some of these players and coaches that definitely deserve to be highlighted. And, you know, I remember my coach at my old school always used to say that his favorite time of the year was when all the awards were released to be able to honor kids and, and give recognition where it's needed. But we know this. Sometimes the all-conference meetings can be a little bit dicey and uh, not the sometimes the people who get awards, or I should say this, sometimes there are certain people who are left off of the awards list that raise a few eyebrows. So I wanted to start off with this, Reyes. Okay, we're talking about these all-conference awards. Who do you think were some of the biggest snubs of these all-conference awards from Arizona Small Ball? Because there were some. There were some snubs. Are we talking about just like, are we talking about like 3A first, two? Are we talking about just in general? We're talking about everything right now, Reyes. We're going wild right now. Everything. Okay, so I'll say one because I know you really want to talk about this one as well. And we're actually going to get to it as we hit one of the conferences. But I'm just going to start off by saying Anisu Dewe. He's a, I believe, 6'3", 6'4", like small forward kind of shooting guard out of Madison Highland in the 2A. Um, I think they overall they finished like eight and ten or something like that. So not like not a great season, but I mean like you know they were doing pretty good. They were able to compete. Um he wasn't even mentioned at all and he wasn't even an honorable mention. And honorable mention. Anisu Dewe is left off of honorable mention. And for those of you who are like familiar and keep up with the small ball and all that stuff, there's no way he sh- he should be at least second team. I thought he was a good athlete, he's a good player, and I get, you know what I mean, like, in those meetings, like we talked about, you know, you're fighting for your kid. Sometimes coaches can't make it or ADs can't make it to where they can't place a bid for their kid. So we don't know what really happened, but he was left off. And this kid, (laughs) it's crazy to say that this kid didn't get an honorable mention or even place on the second team or first team when this kid is averaging 31 points per game. What's the rest of his stat line? Did you get that? Uh, no, I didn't actually. Okay, that's fine. I was just wondering. So, okay, let me ask you this though, because yeah, he he was a really skilled player. I saw him play a couple times, he's really good. He definitely has a future playing at a higher level than high school. What for you, like I'm asking just you specifically, is like the cutoff? Because I mean, obviously, you know, Anisu Adeawe, their squad, Madison Highland, they're not a playoff team. Right. So no. what's kind of your what's kind of your cutoff there? Like, do they have to make the playoffs to even be considered for all conference first team? Do you think like, OK, even though there's a kid that's a stud, if they didn't make the playoffs. They still deserve to be, you know, recognized. Like, what do you think about that? Like, what's your cutoff? So 
it's it's so hard because uh, the way I look at it is like individually. I mean, I get the team sport. You know, if you you know your team carries you to the playoffs, you know, you guys all do this together. But individually, you're getting recognized for your talents and stuff like that. I mean, like you know, offensive player of the year. That means that like you were just out there killing it. And I mean, I mean, we're gonna get to that because I mean, um, there's a kid. There's some kids on there that kind of blows your mind you're kind of like huh like you know 31 points a game is a lot of points but even if but if you look you know the honorable mention and, and i'm not gonna throw shade on any other teams but there's a couple of kids on there because we're not here to throw shade we're not here to throw shade we're not here to we're throw just shade. talking about some kids who probably should have been at least it was surprising that they weren't even recognized that's it yeah and for anisu day away i'm looking just at the honorable mention list and right now i see some players on some schools that I'm going to be honest, like, yeah, they're good players, but I don't know if they're better than Anisu Dayaway is what I'm saying. So, personally, I go off, you know, individuals, like, as far as, like, getting recognized. Like, you got recognized for your talent. So, I mean, like, individually, that's how you play. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, like, you can carry your team, quote, unquote, but you really can't. I mean, it takes a team to win a championship. We know this. It takes a team to get to the playoffs. Like, you can only carry your team so far. Okay, so then answer me this. If I'm in your if I'm a player in your region, you're a coach, I'm averaging 30 a game. I'm a, I'm a stud, but my team is no good. We don't make the playoffs, nothing, but I'm clearly a stud. You'd fight for me in that all-conference meeting is what you're saying. I'd have to at least get you an honorable mention slot. At least I, I, I get that, and I think that's fair. I mean, I think that's I mean, where like, a lot of like people the bear, are like, at. The, like the bear, like the and it wasn't like they were like they only won like two games. They only won like it's an eight and ten or something like that. So I mean, like you know, a little below five hundred, but like regardless, you know what I mean? Like at least an honorable mention. So I'm just like I'm just as surprised as you, and just kind of baffled at like a kid averaging thirty. Baffled. Yeah, just in awe, just because. <laughs> A kid that averages 31 a game didn't get recognized whatsoever. Okay, on that note, let's talk about somebody else. No, no, I think we yeah, we let's let's hold this one off because we're gonna talk about all the all like the first team and all that and the conference player and all the defense. We can just wait, you know. I, I don't know if I can wait. I gotta talk about it right now. I think you should so, wait. So so we put out we put out a poll. I put out a question on Instagram. And a lot of you guys responded back, so I appreciate it. We appreciate it. One of the names that came up a ton was Chris Floyd. Okay, and we saw him play. Reyes, you got to see him live play against Phoenix Christian. Yes. And, and I've gotten to see some clips of him just on Instagram and social media and all that. He's a good player. The kid was averaging 37 points per game. George Courtney... You made me laugh like crazy because I looked on Twitter and you just commented. I think it was Twitter. I'm pretty sure it was. You just commented the kid was second in the nation in scoring. And I just started laughing because I was like, there's no way. We looked it up. He's tied for first in the nation for scoring. And the kid didn't get any type of recognition, honorable mention, nothing. And I don't know, man. It's kind of, to me, that was the biggest snub that I felt. Again, I understand NFL, but I think they even made it past the first round in the playoffs as well. They, they did. They made it to the playoffs. And, you know, like I say, you know, we love small ball. And like we said, we love every team. So we're not going to hear and like list off kids from certain teams that. Imagine. <laughs> I know. Can you imagine we did that? I mean, we're just not those people. But 
for Chris, well, I, I'm just going to be – I think he should at least be – he's not even honorable mention. He should at least be a first team, right? Uh, you can make an argument for that. You yeah. can make an ar- – that's what I'm saying. You can make an argument for him to be first team or at least second team. Am I right? Yeah, I think at the very least second team. I know, I'm me- sorry. At the very least, honorable mention. He just didn't get a thing, man. It's crazy. I think at the very least, like, honorable mention should just be like a, you know, a check mark. But second, even for second team, I feel like he should have been on there. Um, like I, I guess I'm just very, I guess I get it. You know, it's like, you know, you, you choose and stuff like that. But I just don't understand how no one pushed for that, you know, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, if you've ever been in one of those coaches conference meetings or whatever, you know, it's the coach of the year for each conference. They all meet up. And sometimes you have some coaches that are, you know, there, there's something, some weird situation that happens with one of their kids and they have this, uh, I don't know, they, they don't really feel like their kid is deserving of something, even though everybody else on the outside looking in is like, yeah, I, I think he is deserving. If their coach is like, no, like whatever, don't nominate him for anything. A, a lot of times that can happen. So I wonder if there was something like that. I did think of another one that I wanted to say. And I just, again, it's just crazy. He's tied for first in the nation. They made it past that first round, and then not even a not even an honorable mention, dude. That's as you say, that's bananas, man. It's just cra- well, actually, I'm trying. To, did they make it past the first round? Oh, I'd bet money on it. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna check right now. So you keep talking, but I'm I bet how much you want to bet right here, right now. No problem. Oh, the knows. conference. They had the conference. Oh yeah, so they beat Wilcox in the conference play. They beat you know 17-16, and uh-huh. then. They ended up playing against Arizona Lutheran, where they did lose technically in the round of. Oh, they they lost in the Sweet Sixteen, so they lost. technically. Technically, they lost. They, they the won, game. like you know what I mean. They won yeah, to yeah. get in. Okay, so yeah, you yeah. owe me twenty bucks. So that's what I was gonna say. Okay. <laughs> so okay, yeah, I just think yeah, that's crazy to me, but you know it is what it is. Uh, Chris Floyd, we're giving you some shout out here because uh, you had a heck of a season, man. I don't care who you are or where you're playing at. You're averaging 37 points a game. That's not easy to do, man. That's that's pretty impressive. Another one that I want to say, this is our last one, unless you have another one and then we'll move on. It's actually from the 3A. Braden Gant, if you remember this from Coolidge, he was kind of their centerpiece. He, I mean, literally, he was a stud for them. And, you know, he's got nothing on here on these conference awards at the end of the year. So I just wanted to give some love to Braden Gant because that kid was a stud. And I feel like Coolidge was way better. I mean, even if you look at the championship game, every single time and final four run, every single time he touched the ball, something good happened for them. And where Coolidge got into trouble is when they went away from that. So just wanted to say that. I agree. I agree. I agree. (laughs) Okay. So now that we're done talking about some snubs, if we miss some, Write us in. Let us know about some snubs. We're going to start with a 3A. We're looking at the conference first team, and we're just going to talk about who really impressed us most from this list of players because there's some great – let me say this. There are some great offensive players in the 3A. I, I will also say this, like defensively, I don't know if there was like as many great defensive players, uh, but I will say there was some great offensive players in the 3A. For me, I'll start it off first, then you can follow me about who impressed me most from this all-conference first team. I think for me, it's really easy. My favorite freshman 
that came in this year was Dylan Novak. Okay, this kid is a stud, averaging 17 points a game, 4.4 assists per game, four rebounds per game, and two steals per game. The kid is a stud, and I was really impressed watching him, even in the state tournament, at that Elite Eight game. That kid, he plays way older than a freshman. He's calm. He's level-headed. He's a great athlete. He's got great body control as he goes through the lane. He's a threat. He runs that team really well. He's a great leader. I just, I really was impressed with this kid. And again, I mentioned this. He's only a freshman. He's going to keep getting better and better. I would imagine he's going to grow even. I was really impressed with this kid. Also, I wanted to mention this about him. You know, obviously, kind of midway through the season, ALA Gilbert North had that massive win against Valley Christian. And from what I've heard is all of their, their players went off. You know, Dylan Novak went off. McGuire Andrews went off. I think Brandon Phelps went off that second time around Valley Christian. The second time they played them, they game planned really well for those kids. Dylan Novak was still able to get like over 20 points or something like that. So, I mean, the kid's tough. He's really good. He's one that really impressed me throughout the season and also somebody to watch out for, for next season. You know, I'm, I'm not mad about that at all. Cause I said that kid for sure, as a freshman doing what he did and the way he was able to lead his team, and all that. I mean, they're a really good. Te- they're a really good team. He's a really good player. It's gonna be interesting to see if Ala Gilbert North actually stays in the small ball, though, because the, we all know that some of those American Leadership Academy schools are bumping up to the 4A, 5A. So it'd be kind of interesting to see if he does stay a small ball player. We hope, you know, they do because, like I said, we'd love to cover him and all that. He's a great player. Um, for me, I'm. A, I mean, like I said, we've talked about him. A, I don't even talk about him a lot, but I mean, kind of towards the end of the season, stuff like that, we kind of mentioned him a lot. Uh, I'm gonna say Xavier Mike from Fountain Hills. I think. He was perfect for what Coach Bonner wanted as far as the system. I think he ran it great for them. And this kid, he's overall, like, he has a high IQ. He gets after it defensively. Um, he has a nice little mid-range. Honestly, he comes off that ball screen. And then if you drop back or sag, he hits the mid-range right in your face. I think that's pretty good about him. He just and the makes one, the right decisions every time. He's a smart kid overall. He reads the floor really well. Um, and one thing for sure about him that I thought that really sticks to my mind is consistency. The kids is overall consistent. You know what you're going to get from him. You know, um, yeah, like, it's just like the constant effort. So, I mean, like, that's just one kid for sure that I thought was, you know, well-deserving of a first team. And like I said, the way he was able to lead his team to the final four, um, it was great. Like I said, so shout out to you, Xavier Mike, for, you know, just being staying consistent and, you know, doing what you do. He's one of my favorite players and he's going to be missed. I hope that he's finding a place to to play after high school. But I mean, we talked about this last year that Fountain Hills lost so many kids last year. The biggest thing that helped him was him returning back. Kids are stud, one of the best point guards I've seen since being here in Arizona. So really cool. There's a lot of great players. And honestly, most all the kids that made and all the kids that made the 3A conference first team very well deserving, great seasons. So congratulations to all of you guys. Let's move on to the conference coach of the year for the 3A. And this is one that this is just a little teaser for you guys, because we're going to have this coach on the show very soon. It's coach Dan Wall out of where we're from at Camp Verde High School. And uh, coach Wall is, I mean, if you've never met coach Wall, you guys are missing out. You want to talk about somebody who just does everything right and really he cares about kids and he's in coaching for the right reasons. And when I say does everything right, I mean, just really cares about 
our program and following the rules. We always call him such a rule follower. Sometimes we're bookworm, dude. I, sometimes we should be willing to break some rules. Just kidding. That's that's not true. But he's just all about character and building up his kids and and just he he he's has helped our small town community camp birdie so much you should see it whenever he wa- i just went with him down to the middle school the other day we walked through the guys like a celebrity all the little kids because he works with the the youth and the grasshopper and all that everybody's like hey mr wall coach wall hey coach wall and he's just like a celebrity down there so he really impacts the community and him being recognized as the conference coach of the year is very well deserved We've seen a lot of the behind behind the scenes stuff. We're going to talk about it when he comes on the show. But Reyes, I know you got some interesting statistics with Coach Wall because I will say this: Coach Wall has had one of the best runs of any coach in the small ball scene in the last five years. Yeah, I mean, gosh, it's crazy to think. Like I said, I, I mean, I look up to this guy. He's been a mentor for me. Um, just kind of what Lou said. A great leader, selfless for sure. He's really taught me how to like, he really does a great job like instilling like what a servant leader is to our kids. And a lot of kids gravitate towards that. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of you coaches do the same thing. So, I mean, like I say, if you guys haven't met Coach War, if you have, I'm telling you, like, if you, the, for those of you have met him, you know, he's a great guy and you know, he means well. And he's just like, he's just awesome. And then for those, of you, for those of you who haven't, you need to. Great guy, great. He can talk your ear off <laughs> forever. It's crazy, but like I said, in the past, hey, like, don't, don't and don't let the red hair fool you either. He's a great guy. Oh yeah, he's a redhead. So yeah, if you didn't know, like, he's a redhead. So those, don't judge those, him for that. No, yeah, don't judge him for that. Don't don't not don't knock him off for that. Um, but the past five years, so pretty much after you know he took rain and stuff like that, and really was able to implement his cold. Wait, wait when did he, when did he take rain, Reyes? Was it? He, he Was took it, rain. He took rain. I believe my fr- no, my eighth grade year, and then he had some rough years. Those four years. Or five I, years. I was just talking about your senior year because that was. That if was you guys rough. haven't followed this, uh, Reyes, Coach Wall, he should have won Conference Coach of the Year for coaching Reyes at least for a little bit because that was a that was a challenge in itself. <laughs> <laughs> All me and my little hooligan friends, but no. Um, Pretty much, so yeah, pretty much after that down year, you know, he got the kids that not that he wanted, but you know, that actually wanted to get better. And he was actually able to instill his culture and his foundation and what he really wanted to put forth. And from those five years on, he's been able to rack up 91 wins. I think he's won coach of the year. I think it was like his third time, uh, first in the 3A. So, I mean, the guy knows how that, I mean, the guy knows basketball at a very high level and he does a great job with his kids. And for what, we get for those for those of you that coach in rural small town or just small towns in general the selection options are not big so you when you get what you get and you're able to make do with what you got it's great to see so i mean it's really well deserving for him and i'm just gonna start i'm gonna kind of stop riding his coattail right now (laughs) one of my favorite stories about coach wall is you know i mentioned like he cares about the kids so much and he he cares about helping them be as successful as possible and I'm confident that as long as Coach Wall is at Camp Verde, they're going to be competitive because he just cares so much about it. And it's contagious and it spills over to the kids. One of my favorite stories about him was uh, it was Jarv's senior year, or I think it was his senior year. I don't know if you remember this or not, Reyes, but I think you guys had to win like five games in a row to make the playoffs. No, we right? had to win. No, it was more than that. So I believe at that time, 
Um, we were sitting, yeah, I think it was like, oh, it might have been like five or seven. I think it was a little bit more. I think it was like five or seven. And um, at that time, I'm beyond like our region, like you said, you kind of knew, like it was actually pretty competitive. And so we needed to win out pretty much. And I think he said, he wrote literally, I just remember him writing on the whiteboard. He put, he put the games down and he said, we have to win all of these. And then he had like go home and like really big and circled it. Or, he said, or we just go home. So he's like, you guys just make a decision right now. And then, you know, those practices were probably like some pretty, like they were really intense. Uh, he dialed in. He's like, oh, he's all about the details. I mean, if you ever talked about him, I'm pretty sure he'll mention at least like 10 times or plus about details. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, he, he's able to get us there and, you know, we fumbled the bag for him. Well, tell him what happened uh, after you guys finally won that last game and you went out to eat. Oh, <laughs> so we go out to eat at, at a Denny's and this, and like I said, for you coaches and like say you guys know head coaches or even just like assistant coaches, like if you stress and if you're constantly on basketball, like you kind of lose track of time, you kind of lose track of your diet, you know, and with coach wall, he just so is just so uh, focused. He's just so like, I don't know. He just kind of zeroes in and just kind of forgets to eat. You know, he forgets to hydrate. <laughs> he just forgets to do a lot of things. You know what I mean? He's just so into the game. And that, so he, he hadn't ate anything probably in the past, like, day and a half or two, for all we know. And we, you know, we win. So we're pretty excited because, you know, we, we, we make the playoffs and whatnot. And we're going to Denny's. He walks in and then just collapses. <laughs> and we're all like, Yo, like, what happened? Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, well, you know, luckily at the time, like, one of our assistant coaches, he is a fire, he's a firefighter EMT. So, I mean, like, he was able to, like, just, you know, revive him pretty much. And then we got he him. Didn't, he didn't die. And then we got him a milkshake and he was fine. He just needed to eat. So, yeah, and I love that story, man. It's, and I think the reason I love that story is it shows just how hard Coach Wall works, how much he's invested in the kids and the program and the community. And it's just awesome, man. He, yeah, he, he has been it's just so fun helping him out because he just does things the right way. So yeah, like you said, I know that if he is listening to this, he's probably cringing at this point that we've talked so much about him, but it is well-deserved. So very big congratulations to coach Wall, the three A conference coach of the year. Is he the only redhead in Arizona small ball? Like as far as like just in general, like player wise, or just coaches? no, no, no. I'm talking about coach, not in general. The coach. I'm, right. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of redhead. I, I was gonna say Payson had one. I could have sworn. I um, can't think of a coach though. <gasps> oh my god, he might be the only redhead in coaching in the small yeah, ball. We're gonna fact check that, and then maybe we'll do a post about it. But we're gonna coaches move that, on. Yeah, coaches that are listening, if you are a redhead, please send us. I don't want to say a picture because that sounds kind of suspect. <laughs> but just send us something to prove that you're a redhead. <laughs> <laughs> just send us some hair in the mail okay <laughs> one strand of red hair <laughs> all right let's move on that got way off the rails uh, let's move on to the defensive player of the year you got noah brown out of holbrook and we got to see noah brown firsthand he's a great kid great competitor the kid has a super high motor what did you think about him and that especially towards the end of the season so, I mean, throughout the season, like I said, you can, uh, he was clearly, not clearly, I shouldn't say, but he is a uh, Holbrook's go to guy. He's their engine. He keeps, he's their leader, man. And like I said, he, I mean, he's a transfer from Winslow. But I mean, regardless of that, you know, he did, he did a great job. I think he was averaging about 14 points a game and then like two assists, two rebounds, you know, nothing pretty after that. But 
he's a kid the leader, high motor. You know, he's able to get de- uh, defensively like in a position that did pretty good. Um, towards the end of the season, we, obviously, you know, we met them, and you know, they had they took us out that night. Um, he's not a bad player. I was I was a lot more impressing him in person than I was on film, and I'm gonna be honest. And like I said, like I said, on film, you know, looks can be deceiving. And, like, it shows, like, his talents and, like, how he gets after defensive. But when you see that in person, you can just – you can tell, like, okay, like, yeah, this kid gets after it. He gets to the spot. Uh, he's, a, he's a little bit smaller guard and stuff like that, but that doesn't let him stop himself. And, like, he, like I said, he'll body you up and he'll do whatever he needs to do to get that ball out of your hands. Like I said, he was able to do that. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you know, that's pretty cool for him. I think that's pretty well-deserving – as far as, you know, defensive player of the year, you know, so shout out to you, Noah Brown, for getting that done. One of my favorite things is seeing kids that don't have massive stats that jump off the page and like, oh, shoot, like this kid is a factor, but they make a huge impact in the game. And that's Noah Brown, kind of like same DNA as Xavier Mike, you know, they just do a great job. So really like them. Congrats to Noah Brown, a defensive player of the year. Let's move on to offensive player of the year. Offensive player of the year in the three was Chino Salas Zaria, who we know pretty well. And we're just going to skip over this because this kid's way overrated. He's not very good. And Yeah, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want to take this one or at least start it off? I mean, I guess. I mean, I... <laughs> going to miss this kid, honestly. I'm going to miss this kid a lot, you know, right now. I mean, it's getting so surreal as... I'm talking to like all these coaches about him and it's just kind of like, wow, like, you know, he's actually gone, you know, after, you know, he's pretty like this, the high school done for him is that's time for him to move on to the next level. Um, great kid, man. Like great four years, well-deserving, you know, offensive player to you. I mean, this kid just has a knack for scoring and just from what I've heard, just from about everybody, you know, from, you know, college coaches, just from the general public and whatever his feel for the game it's just such at a next at a different level, and he just gets it. You know, I mean, you know, we're not. I said I don't really want to like ride this kid's coattail or boast him up because they say like, you know, we jokingly say he sucks and all that stuff, and he's a bum. But in reality, this kid's a really good player. You know, he's the, he. I mean, like I said, he was kind of like our Noah Brown. Like he was able to get I me. Mean, he he we go as far as he takes us, and like I said, he's able to lead us. You know, these past you know four years to a lot of fun times, great seasons, stuff like that. But like. I was like deserving his conference or offensive player of the year is really well deserving because he deserved it. And something about Chino that has always been super fun to watch is he just plays with a great pace. And I'll never forget when I first saw him play, I was like, he looks kind of lazy, you know, but when, when you actually play against him, he, he just kind of gets exactly where he wants to on the court and no move is a wasted move. You know, he's just, he's very, very, efficient in what he does and you know it was really cool to watch him because he's more of a quiet more reserved kid but it was super cool to watch him really grow into a leader his last two years and especially here at the end of this season one of my favorite moments about Chino that I think really kind of showcased who he was like as a player is when we were playing against Fountain Hills at their place the first time and I don't know what there was like four minutes left in the fourth quarter. It's like a one point game. I think we were down and he drove in the baseline and Aiden Logan went to take a charge and his tooth like ran right into Chino's head and split his head open. And so he's bleeding all over the place and we're all freaking out. We're like, shoot, we got to get this kid. So he gets off the court and we go to look at his, his, and I looked at it and his cut was was a pretty nasty gash. And we're not just saying this, like uh, there's blood and they know if, 
like you could probably even see it on the film like the blood it was a lot of blood it was kind of gross honestly i could see his brain no i'm just kidding it was like that. aiden logan turned into a zombie at that point <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> no we're kidding, aiden logan. We're kidding. Okay. anyways <laughs> but he it just kind of shows the competitor that he was uh, i gotta get past what you just said man a zombie um so it uh it really kind of showed the competitor that he was because, you know, he had this huge gash in his head and the trainer came over from Fountain Hills and she was like, do you need help? And he's like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And he waved her off because he didn't want her to see anything. And he was like, just put some pads on it and just tape it, coach. Like, Just tape it. So we're on the sideline trying to tape his head open. He looks like a freaking bum with like his like a weird he looks like, like a hospital pa- he looks like that SpongeBob he did <laughs> like that fish from that sponge spongebob episode where he's all like busted up where he's like made of glass that's how his head was wrapped <laughs> it, i didn't do a great wrapping job of it and you know but it just kind of showed the competitor that he was we taped him up put him right back in the game he made some massive plays for us down the stretch and we ended up winning that game and it helped us a lot moving forward in the season so i mean just seeing how much he grew and just the competitor, the toughness that he has, the kid, no matter where he goes, he's going to have a lot of success. So just wanted to highlight Chino there for a little bit. And, uh, you know, me and Chino never play one-on-one. I think it's coming. I think it's coming. And if I stop him, I can say I stopped the offensive player of the year. So I'm going to feel pretty good about myself. That's some pretty stuff. That's some pretty good stuff to say. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So now let's move on to the 3A Conference Player of the Year, Caleb Shaw. Okay. Now, you know, we talked about this this kid a lot this season. And honestly, it was warranted. We probably could have talked about him even more. He was a great player. What are some thoughts about Caleb Shaw when you think about him as Player of the Year? Well-deserving, right? I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, I'm just going to, like, I'm not even going to talk about the whole season. I'm just going to talk about that Coolidge game. Coolidge was beating Valley Christian. Coolidge had, 14. Coolidge had Valley Christian's number. And, you know, some of Valley Christian's players were getting down on themselves. Uh, they weren't able to find an answer in the, like, you know, that first half. And it looked like Coolidge was going to eventually run away with this game. Um, and this just shows the competitive greatness of Caleb Shaw and, like, just his overall attitude and just not quitting – and just, you know, like, hey, like, I understand we're down. <laughs> Not get on my back, but, you know, like, hey, like, I'm going to win us the state, the state title. And he did that. He, you know, created for everybody. He created opportunities for everybody. He was able to hit difficult shots. He had a massive dunk during that game, which was, you know, a pretty nice dunk. That was um, the nicest dunk I've seen in Arizona Small Bowl. It was tough. Like, since I've been here, at least, since I've yeah, been here. Yeah, this kid's a gamer. Like, let's just be honest. You know what I mean? Like I said, you, like you said, we could have talked about this kid almost every episode if we wanted to because he was putting up highlights all over the place. He's a great player. You know, he's, he's weird because he's not a cocky kid, I should say, because he doesn't carry himself like that, but he just gets after it. So, I mean, shouts out to you, Caleb Schaff. You know, well-deserved for being conference player of the year. And I think what you said about the Coolidge game – is true about Caleb Shaw in multiple games this season where it was evident he put Valley Christian on his back and just said, I'm going to win us this game. You know, whether it was Eastmark, whether it was ALA Gilbert North, whether it was his 50-point game, you know, whether it was the Coolidge game, he just was very – you take him off of Valley Christian, you take Caleb Shaw and you put him on any team, they're going to instantly become 
a playoff team contender. You know, I mean, he's just that good of a player. And I think this is really well-deserved. He's going to go on to play. I think he already committed to uh, UNC, the University of North Carolina. And I'm just kidding. Hey, hey, hey. I, had to, I had to throw it in at some point. But yeah. University of Northern Colorado. And he's going to do a great job over there. And uh, he just, honestly, in my mind, he looks like the perfect college point guard or, or shooting guard, but more so point guard. I like him as a point guard in college. Be yeah, great. he's like 6'5". He's like a buck 90 buck 85 maybe you know can handle the ball a little bit can shoot the ball at a high clip athletic strong i mean iq's there too as well so i mean yeah he's a he's gonna do a lot of great things for hopefully for a university of northern colorado we just you know pray for success okay we're gonna move on to the two-way but before we do check this out okay so let's talk about the two-way Let's look at the 2A conference first team. Who impressed you most from the all-conference first team in the 2A? Um, I'm going to be honest, and I know we kind of – we, You don't have to say you have to be honest. We, all we ever ask is for you to be honest, Reyes. I know. You I literally just said that. somebody becomes a zombie in our last segment. So whatever <laughs> you want to do, man, I can't believe – I'm still caught on that. I'm just going to – I'm going to go ahead and say Tanti Feli from Phoenix Country Day. I think how this kid improved – Probably the last like what two years is has been it, it's shown for sure. I mean it's it's leaps. Like he didn't just like get a step better or anything like that. He kind of leaped better. I mean last year when we saw him, I believe he was a junior or even like a sophomore year and stuff like that. You know he was kind of kind of seemed like he grew too fast, trying to find his footing all around the place. You know his footwork, you know touch and everything like that. Even last year, he just was. I just like he wasn't as physical or aggressive as he should be or could have been. Well, let's be honest, his sophomore year, he wasn't even a factor. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. I mean, at least when we played against him, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, I mean, and what I mean by that, it wasn't even that he he wasn't good. I think there was some type of attitude thing where he was benched. You know what I mean? So what you're saying is true about the growth. Yeah. And so, like, coming to his senior year and the leap he took as far as, like, you know, being that guy, being their leader, you know, being the number one guy on their team, you know, carrying them, putting up these big numbers, just being overall, just being a presence on the court. I mean, it's just crazy because he did a lot of great things for PCD. I mean, obviously, you know, PCD is a great, you know, they're a great team, great school. You know I mean? Coach Shane does a great job with his kids. You know, he knows the game pretty well. Um, so, I mean, like, he stuck out to me the most. I mean, the kid's tough. I mean, I mean, I don't know what else you want me to say. Like, the kid's tough. He gets after it. Now, I know we're going to get into it again. Yeah, we'll talk about him again. With we'll talk about it a little bit. But, yeah, I just want to say, you know, shout out to the Utah Fell like, for getting that done. Because, I mean, that's pretty good recognition. Because, like I said, I believe for sure he's the first team. How about this? I won't say anything about him, and I'll talk about him conference or offensive player of the year. We'll, we'll come back to it. Okay. All right, my my kid who really stuck out to me on this first team is Noah Vargas, okay? Seriously, one of my favorite ballers in Arizona small ball, and I'm really going to miss this kid. He's 6'2", 175. Kid averaged 12 points a game, five rebounds, and two steals per game. And here's the thing. His numbers are a little bit down, especially if – but what you have to take into consideration is his numbers are down because he missed some time with – with an injury. And this is actually one of the big reasons why I wanted to highlight Noah Vargas is the kid's a freaking warrior, man. I feel like he's one of the most versatile players in Arizona small ball, especially in the two A. He's very talented. He's skilled. He can do a lot of different things. I can't wait to see where he goes and plays at the next level because he has that type of ability. 
his numbers are a little bit down from last year, but you have to remember the kid was hurt the whole last part of the season. I think he got hurt right before the Scottsdale Christian game where they lost by one at the last second with Garrison Sherman's layup. He, he missed a lot of that time and he came back right before the playoffs started. The kid had an issue with his hand. I think he broke his hand. He came back. I think it was his shooting hand too, if I remember right. I don't know if you remember that or not. I believe it was. I'm not 100% sure, but I believe it was, yes. I'm just saying it's not easy to battle back from an injury like that and to get and be playoff ready and still be an impact on your team. I saw him playing really, really well in the playoffs and just really trying to lead his team. Really impressed with just this kid's grit and overall talent. It's very rare that you have the talent with the grit and he has it together. So he's definitely the one that sticks out to me most in the 2A. And I remember when we played against him, we were really impressed with him. He was just a really skilled player. Let's move on to the conference coach of the year. Very well-deserved coach, John Anderson. Okay. And we've actually had him on the pod. We were going to reach out to, to you, coach Anderson again, and just be like, Hey, hop on the pod and talk about it. But we just recently had you on and we didn't want to, we didn't want to bug you too much. But this is very well-deserved. I was really impressed with Coach Anderson and the job that he did with this group. What did you think about this team that he was able to put together that won the championship? I mean, you rode with them all season long, Riz. All season long. All season long. <laughs> okay, I can't talk today. Um, yeah, I rode with this guy. I rode with their team. I just felt like they just had something there that other teams were probably lacking. And I just felt like John, Coach Anderson, I think, I think he just had – the answer for any possible situation thrown at them. I mean, the way he was able to just in game, you know, put his players in like perfect line for success. I think he did a great job at that. I mean, obviously, you know, he, first of all, let's just, let's just admit it. I mean, he did have the talent, you know, for reaching the state, you know, and winning that. But like I said, yeah, I just think he had, I think he just did a really good job and just, you know, putting his kids in line for success. So, I mean, you know, shout out to you, coach Anderson. See, what I was most impressed with him with two things. And he did something that is not easy to do. If you remember when we talked about Scottsdale towards the ending of the season, one of the things that I noticed about their team that I thought was a flaw, it was a danger. It was their supporting cast around Fan and Garrison Sherman. I said multiple times, they've got to start playing with some confidence. They've got to get better. And... I don't know, whatever Coach Anderson did, there was a significant difference in how the supporting cast players were playing compared to the last two weeks of the season with Phoenix Christian and like Pima and all that. There was a huge difference between that last part of the season and the playoffs. I mean, huge. I don't know what happened in practices or whatever. Now that I'm saying this, we probably should have had him on so we could have figured out what it was. But I mean, some of those kids, I mean, even one in particular I wanted to highlight, Hunter Wales, I mean, they were just playing with way more confidence than they were before. And I think that's a huge testament to coaching. And I just think he did a great job with that. And that's not easy to do. You know, you talk about installing or, or talking about a defense or a play or making a right call. That's easier to do than giving kids confidence and getting kids playing the right way that you need them to play. And he did that. So that was really cool from Coach Anderson. And also, I mean, just his adjustments that he made and that yeah. championship game against Rancho, those were huge, man. And they weren't huge shifts, but it was just enough to kind of throw Rancho off. I think if he doesn't make that call, and also I'll say this too, personnel-wise, right? You mentioned that he had the players. I don't like playing zone a whole lot. Yeah. But 
reasons why I don't like to play zone, we don't have a lot of length and we don't have a lot of size. He has the perfect kids that if they sit back in that lengthy two, three zone, they rebound extremely well and they can challenge shots. They can get into passing lanes and deflect things. It was a really good call to move to more of a zone setup towards the end of the year. And it paid off huge. And that's just knowing your personnel and plugging in what works best with your personnel. So that was really cool from coach Anderson. I think this is super well-deserved and what he's been able to do in two years. I mean, it's his first two years as a head coach and he's won back-to-back championship. You can say that he had good players. You still got to put it together though. And, and he did a really good job with that on the broadcast. It was really telling because Fredericks was one of the, one of the announcers. And he said that it took him 14 years to win his first title and even he was saying how impressive it was that what Anderson is being able to do in two years. So it's it's just really cool. And huge shout out to Coach Anderson. Well-deserved. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be really fun to see Scottsdale in the 3A next season. That's going to be super cool. That's going to be and super it's going cool. to be fun. And we'll talk a little bit more about that, obviously, later. But stay tuned for that because that's going to be really interesting to see. It's going to be sweet. Okay, Defensive Player of the Year for the 2A. We've got Brayden Wales, and we've we've seen this kid play since he was a sophomore, you know, and I've been super impressed with him. I know you have as well. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I think he's. I, you think he's grown? Is he six nine or is he still six eight? I think he's six nine. You know, he's their center. He's lengthy. He's athletic. I think he lost a lot, not a lot of weight, but you can tell he was able to cut weight because just the way he's able to move especially for his senior year. I feel like he was getting up a lot better for those dunks. Um, he was really an offensive force, too, as well, for, you know, Scottsdale Christian. I know you have Garrison Sherman and, like, you know, fan. But, like I said, he was, like, that third, second option. I mean, he did a lot for Scottsdale, you know, protecting the rim, protecting the paint, you know, securing the boards, you know, you know, obviously, you know, getting those rebounds, leading the offense, getting those transition, whatever. You know, he was just kind of like their presence and, like, defensively, it was kind of tough to, you know, drive the lane on him, even for a sophomore, you know, he he's able to do a pretty good job contesting. I think he got his timing down now that he's a senior and he was big and long and he's blocking a lot of shots. I remember like three years ago when we played against them in the quarters and all of our kids, we hadn't played against somebody who had the size of Braden Wells. And I think at that time he was like six, seven. And I'll never forget one of the kids coming up to me and being like, man, coach, they got like a six, seven kid. And I just said, I know, but he's not why Scottsdale is so good. It's, it's a lot of other things, you know. You can't say that now. He was one of the reasons why they were so effective. And, I mean, just to watch this kid's growth, man, it's been so cool. You, we all know Scottsdale, or maybe you don't know. Scottsdale has their classic play where it's a, it's a hard drive to the right side baseline and then the, the screener on the weak side screens the help side defender, and then they go off the baseline pass to that three-point shot. What was cool is this year, they started to, instead of if teams read that and took away the three ball, they started to dump that ball off to Braden Wales, and he got a couple dunks off that, and he just became a really big part of what they were doing. I think one of the biggest things that he impacted was in the zone just affecting shots even if somebody was able to get into the middle of the zone almost every shot is challenged because of their size because of their length so i think defensive player of the year for Braden wells is super deserving and it's just been super cool to watch him get better so i'll be excited to see if he goes and plays anywhere uh if not 
he had a great run in high school. I think he won a championship three out of four years, which is really impressive. That's pretty good. Okay, let's move on to Offensive Player of the Year for the 2A. And we got Tanti Feli. Okay, this kid has grown a ton. It's very similar to Braden Wales. He's grown a ton. And here's the thing with him. He's been super, he was super aggressive attacking in the mid post. And if you think that this, well, how tall is this kid? Like six, seven? He might be six, eight. Okay, so maybe about six, eight. If you think that he's just a post-up kid, that's not him at all. He's very versatile. He can shoot the three. He can shoot a pull-up jumper. He likes to attack off the bounce. When we played against them at our place this year, I remember talking to Big Cheat, our big guy. And he, you know, he always talks about playing against the other bigs. Like, oh, they ain't nothing, you know. And I warned him. I'm like, Cheat, if you let this kid get a step on you, he's going to dunk on you. And he just kind of laughed. He's like, oh, no, whatever. First, the first play. Literally the first play <laughs> of the game. That. Literally the first play of the game. Catches the ball on the left side wing. Does a little jab step, gets a step on him, two-hand dunk, and one. And I remember just being like, I told you, man. The kid is skilled. He's gotten a lot better, a lot more aggressive and confident. And it seems like he's kind of put a lot of other stuff off the court together as well. Because like I said, sophomore year, if I remember right, and I'm digging like deep into my memory banks, I think he like missed practice or something. So they sat him and, you know, all that. So um, really, really cool to see how much he's improved. and. Huge shout out. Congratulations to Tonti Feli for getting offensive player of the year. Is there anything else you wanted to say about him before we move well, on? Well, here's my hot take for you. Do you think Chris Floyd should have been offensive player of the year? Oh, man. Hot seat. My seat is, is heating up right now. Yeah, but don't run away from it. I'm not going to run away from it. I'm because I'm going to just say this. Like, look, Tonti Feli did a great job. Like I said, he was confident. His presence was known. He put up a lot of big numbers. I think he had a couple like 40. I think he had like a 50-point game. I think he was averaging getting 30 and stuff like that. But what Chris Floyd was able to do. Man, you're supposed to silence all your stuff, man. I know. My bad, bro, there. I thought it was silenced. It's all good. Let me just answer your question right now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me finish, dude. Don't let that ding stop me from – <laughs> what Chris Floyd was able to do on a nightly, consistently basis, I mean, I don't know. You know, tied for number one in the nation. That's kind of tough to argue with. Am I right or am I right? You're right. And, yeah, I think over Tonsi Feldy, I think Chris Floyd, I think he probably could have been offensive player of the year for sure. Could have I mean, been the, or should have been. I think he should have been. I think he should have been offensive yeah. player of the year. And. Again, it's not like they weren't a playoff team. They were a playoff team, and it's not like PCD went crazy far. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. I, I think, yeah, I feel for Chris Floyd, man, because the 37 points per game in the season, that's special. That's impressive, man. I, it's, I don't know. That's crazy to me. So That's just bananas. As you like to say, it's bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Hmm. <laughs> I was gonna say like, like that one song by Gwen Gwen Stefani, right? Or something like that. That's, yeah. <laughs> that, that's what I was ref. That's the song. Okay. That's all. So huge congratulations to Tanti Feli, offensive player of the year. Great job. Okay. Player of the year, Garrison Sherman. Okay, this kid, same thing. I remember this kid as a sophomore. I think and he was a freshman. Was he a sophomore or is he a freshman? 
Oh, wait. No, I think he was a sophomore. No, he was a, he was freshman. a freshman. No, he was a sophomore. Sophomore. Because Chino uh, and him, same class. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Sophomore. Right. I remember watching this kid play as a sophomore. Remember, he came in for Scottsdale, and we scouted him on the film. And we were like, yeah, this kid, he's, he's not bad. You know, he'll come in. He can handle the ball a little bit. And then it was like, who the heck is this new kid? And we're like, it's the same kid from last year. <laughs> his, his improvement has been super cool. And that's a testament. Honestly, all these kids, Garrison Sherman, Tonti Felly, Braden Wales, that's a huge testament to their, to their coaches and to the coaching staff, just developing these kids and working with them. You love to see that. Yeah, I mean, like I say, Garrison Sherman, I think he's like, what, six seven now, can handle the ball, can shoot the ball at a high level, he's athletic, can D you up. I mean, like I said, we saw that Valley matchup when those two faced off, and that was a really close game. Scottsdale was, you know, was able to do some work. Like I said, overall, you know, Valley Christian. Um, I think if Scottsdale and Valley played again, Scottsdale would have beat them. I, I mean, I, I do too. I really do believe that. I mean, like I said, we, we talked about that too. There were some questionable calls. You know, Garrison Sherman actually fouled out of that game on some really ticky-tack stuff. And, you know, like I said, we don't really like to blame on the rest or stuff like that. But, I mean, when it's pretty noticeable, you kind of have to like, wow, like, hmm. But like I said, you know, Garrison Sherman, overall complete package for Scottsdale Christian. He was, you know, a great player for the two-way and, you know, did a lot of great things for them. Garrison Sherman was just very consistent. You know, and that's one of the things that I really like about him and I, why I think he's obviously deserving of player of the year. The kid, even if he had a bad shooting night or whatever, at least I never saw this on the court. He was very level-headed. He didn't just lose it. didn't go crazy. You know, I, I just think that's very mature. Do we know anything about where he's going to play? I feel like we, we've talked about this before. Like just me and you, behind closed doors, as you like to say. Um, I believe I'm not hundred percent sure. I know for, I know for a fact he is getting like looked at cause he was playing on like an Arizona select team. Um, I'm just not sure like hundred percent, like right, no, if, I got you. if he's been offered or anything like that. I feel like I heard the word on the street. Per, per ASP, ASBP. ASBP per Woj. I heard that he was looking at a smaller a smaller college somewhere in like a rural area and i think the reason for it was his faith which is really cool and and yeah so wherever he goes to play he's going to make a huge impact he's going to do really well because garrison sherman and caleb shaw very similar players we've already talked about that so we're not going to talk about the one-on-one matchups anymore but has your has your one-on-one pick changed at all or no i forgot who i said you don't even remember who you said huh I don't remember who I said, but maybe it has. Like I said, yeah, but, you know, wherever he goes to play, he's obviously going to, you know, find success. And, you know, just, you know, like I said, you know, we're praying for all these kids who get the opportunity to go play at the next level. You know, it's, it's big for sure. We're going to wrap this up with the 1A. But before we do, this is like the – this is the only the second time ever that we've done like two sponsored segments ever. It's pretty cool. It's crazy, okay? Before we do, check this out. Taking care of your dogs can be rough. Luckily, your friends over at BarkBox have you covered. Sign up to receive monthly care packages delivered right to your door with food, toys, and treats customized just for your dog. With prices starting at $23 a month and free shipping, now is the time to get started with BarkBox. Use our personalized BarkBox link either in the description or on our social media platforms to get deals, promotions, and more for your favorite pups. Okay, so let's end this thing off with the 1A. 
the one it was was really wide open this year but we picked the correct winner at the end there's definitely some players here that we'll talk about and coach here that we'll talk about from that team but before we do it from the all-conference first team who stood out to you the most from the 1A? Who are, who's somebody who just jumped off the page at you? Someone that kind of – well, first of all, let's just talk about the name, Dufek. Uh, Marcus Dufek from Basis Flagstaff actually kind of caught my eye, and I was actually able to watch him throughout the season a little bit. Hey, what's um, their mascot? Is it the Yetis? Yes, the Yetis. <sighs> the Yetis. The Yetis. Um, so a little bit about this kid. You know, he was able to lead his team to a 16-7 and overall record. Uh, he was averaging about a little under 20 a game, averaging 19 points, uh, eight eight rebounds, and then four steals a game with, a, with one block. The what year kid, is this kid? He is a senior. He's standing at 6'3". He's a 6'3 senior, and like I said, his stats. Um, one thing that kind of stood out to me for sure was, I mean, we've been talking about this a lot, but just consistency. You know, the kid, you know, he put up some pretty big numbers. Towards the end of the season – he put up 41 points against Grand Canyon and then lo- and then a loss to Mogion with 13 points. 41 points? Against Grand Canyon. So, I mean, that's just to say that this kid can score a little bit. Um, he did a little bit of everything for a basis flag staff. I mean, it's really well-deserving to say that, you know, he's able to get recognized, you know, be put on that first team. So, you know, shout out to you, Marcus Dufek. Okay, I got Kyson Owens. And the, the mascot is not as cool as the Yetis, it's, you know, from Mogion. But Kyson Owens, number three, is a sophomore. He's six foot. The kid averaged 21.6 points per game, five assists, five rebounds, three steals. Kid's a stud, man. And I'm actually really excited because we're going to have Kyson Owens on the show uh, here in the next couple episodes. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And we've got some, some really good episodes coming in the bag for you guys. But I can't wait to have Kyson Owens here on the show. It's kind of a family affair, which we'll get into in a second at Mogion. And some family members actually together got some recognition. But Kyson Owens is just a really tough, stout guard. He plays with a really high motor. And this is very well-deserved. I can't wait to have him on the show. But, yeah, I, this is a kid who really stuck out to me and the all-conference first team. And it's always fun to play with your family, man. I don't know what that's like, but I'm sure that it's probably fun to just play. I mean, you know that. It's fun to play with your brother. Yeah, it's super cool. I was, I was, you know, pretty fortunate and blessed to be able to play with my older brother for the past, uh, for three years. Um, it was really cool. Who was better? At basketball? Who would – no, at golf. Well, we played football too, you Who? I guess that's true. Who would win in a one-on-one – Back in the my, glory days. Back in the, probably my brother. I'm not Thank even going to lie. I'm not even going to act like I'm. Come on, like, man. No, I'm going to be honest, dude. Like, he was he was quick. <laughs> Obviously, better. Well, it depends on what year. Because I was I got in pretty good shape, you know, since the last few years. But my, if we're talking about my senior <laughs> year, he gets the best of me. Um, hey, you're a defensive player of the year one year, so don't say hey, yourself short. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, like I said, uh, my brother was pretty good. You know, he's able to hit a little mid-shot. He just has a motor. He has a gas tank that can last a lifetime. It's insane. You've seen it. He's actually one of our, our little, like, player development coaches and stuff like that. So when he jumps He's in with crazy. our kids, he just gets after it. He'll D up Chino and all that stuff. So, I mean, he gets after it. Um, I mean, like I said, it's fun to play with your brother. So, yeah. It's fun to play with family. And that's really kind of leads us into the next one of the conference coach of the year. Very well-deserved coach, Neil. And it's super cool. You know, we started off the season – one of our first episodes of this season was with Coach Neil, super cool guy, awesome. And one of the most special things about him is 
his son was on the team, Josh Neal. And we're super pumped because he's another player that we're going to have on the show as well. So we're going to have like a very first in Arizona small ball history, Reyes. We're going to have a father and we're going to have a son on the show who both won a state championship in the same year. So that's going to be really cool, but very well that's deserved. That's pretty cool. That's awesome, man. Maybe I just thought of this. Maybe we need to, I don't know. We'll talk about that. So yeah, Coach Neal, very well deserved. And kind of like what we said with the 3A, whenever you have a coach who's able from a very small school, able to get a lot of great things out of their kids, it's special, man. And it's one thing to get like some some really good gameplay out of your kids, but man, Coach Neal was able to put it all together and win a championship with his son, which is awesome. And I mean, I don't know which dad, coach wouldn't want that. You know, you want to win a championship, how much more special to win with your son? So very well deserved with Coach Neal. He's a great guy. And we'll see, we'll see what happens moving forward with Mojave Accelerated with that. You got anything else you want to say about Coach Neal? No, I do not. Or do you want to I, silence your thing finally for this is the second time, Ray? That's the second it's so time. so unprofessional. I can't believe you're doing this to us, to our I listeners. I can't believe it either. You know what? Just end it right now. We're we're canceling the pod. Sorry, guys. We're just stop. delete everything because of the notification. <laughs> no, but like I said, for Coach Neil, it's I mean, gosh, it's so cool. I mean, like I said, you win one with your son. We know I'm not going to kind of pay you back off what Lou said. I think it's just really cool. He was a great coach. He kind of manifested on what – you know, he's able to reflect what happened last year, knew what he needed to do. He did it, and look what it paid off. So, you know, he got coach of the year, and, he, you know, Mahav Malk won a state championship. You know, so hats off to you guys. So that's really cool. Coach Neal was a great coach, obviously, on the court, but what he was able to get his kids to buy into in the offseason is special. Whenever you can get kids to change their diet, and their exercise habits in the off season, specifically their diet. That's pretty impressive. And that was one of the emphasis that they had. At least they tried to do with their kids moving forward into this season. Let's move on to defensive player of the year. in the one a you got Tyler Owens. Now this kid was a stud on the boards and this is, I think it's the cousin or maybe the older brother of Kyson Owens. What do you know about Tyler Owens? So I kind of know what you were just saying. So he is the older, I don't know, he's the older relative, let's just say, of, you know, Kyson. And Tyler Owens, you know, he kind of filled up the stat sheets as well. You know, the kid's averaging a double-double. He averaged 11 points a game, 15 point. He averaged 15 rebounds, five assists, three steals, and a block a game. So this kid absolutely got after it for his senior year. He stands about 6'4", 210 pounds. He's a pretty big body kid long athletic you know able to get it done on both ends of the floor um you kind of saw when you watched mogia i know you were able to watch mogia a little bit more than i was but you know just from the stuff i was able to see the clips and all whatnot you can tell this is really well deserved and the kids overall just an absolute monster on the board defensively can stay in front can defend it on the island you know protects the paint he did a lot of great things for Mogion. And they said they had a pretty good year let's just be honest you know mogia had a pretty good run you know it ended but like i said they, it was overall good year and they were able to challenge some teams i mean you take tyler owens off this team they don't make it to the final four they just don't you know i mean the he was a great great piece on this team and i mean yeah i think just rebounding is such an underrated thing kids when you were if you were to tell a kid go out there and get me 20 rebounds if they got 20 rebounds they probably wouldn't even think it was that cool like, they wouldn't even think it was that impressive, you know? Like, I, I just think that kids don't think that's cool. 
if kids went out and made 23s, they'd be like, oh my gosh, you know, that's the coolest thing ever. Rebounding is such an underrated thing. So when you see a kid that's very gifted at it and that really cares about it, I think it's special. So really cool for Tyler Owens. Very big respect for him for getting defensive player of the year. Very well earned and had a great season, not just him individually, but their team altogether. Okay, let's go with offensive player of the year in the 1A. You got Vince Edwards. Okay, this kid was a big-bodied kid, not just for the 1A, but for any place in the small ball scene. The kid was a stud. If I remember right, he's a lefty, and I freaking love lefties when they play basketball. I don't know what it is. It just feels like they – it looks like they're doing something wrong out there. But I love lefties. My daughter's a lefty. I don't know if I ever told you that. You did not. Yes, you did actually. I think I did tell you. June, right? June's a lefty, right? June's a lefty. Yeah. This kid was averaging 26 points per game, two assists, 12 rebounds, and two steals per game, and two blocks. Okay. I mean, the guy was just all over the place. He was a stud. The only thing with Vince Edwards and the Gregory School is from what I remember watching them, I probably watched him about three times. He was the main. He's kind of all they had. They had some other kids that played hard and, you know, they were great kids, but he was kind of their only go-to option that they had. And that's really what kind of got them into trouble. But huge shout out to Vince Edwards. Hey, guess how tall this kid is? Uh, six, five, if I'm not mistaken, right? You're wrong. Taller? Shorter. Six, two? Taller. Six, three. <laughs> Taller, six, four. Six, four. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. <laughs> But the kid's a stud, man. He's a junior, so he's coming back next year. And it'll be interesting to see if he can have a better season, what he can improve in the offseason. I love it when I see offensively gifted players and they're coming back for their last year. What part of their game are they going to work on? And so I'm excited to see how he improves moving into next season. And that'll be really great. Anything else you want to say about Vince Edwards? Uh, just from the games I was able to see, he's clearly the best kid on the court at that time. I think he, when they lost to Malk, he ended up with 30 points that game. I it just, it's, it's sad to say that 30 points wasn't enough. Isn't that crazy to say? That's tough, 30 points. 30 points, you know. Um, with their team, though, like you said, you know, they kind of roll it right off of him and all that, so it kind of goes where they go. So it's a lot of up and down year for the Gregory School. But, I mean, you know, the – Offensive player of the year is a pretty big notch. And like I said, so congrats. I mean, he said one year. So hopefully, you know, they're able to get some things down and we'll see what happens with him. Okay, let's move on to the conference player of the year, Aiden Honiger. This kid has changed a lot from last year to this year. Okay, trivia time, Reyes. Are you ready for this? Yes, his facial hair is the difference. That's what's changed. <laughs> he does have some new facial hair, huh? Yes. And his hair overall. I know. He got a new look going. I liked it. The headband and the hair and everything. That's good. I do like that. There's some really good pictures of him. I'm just looking at him right now on Max Preps. Sorry, that might sound a little weird. (laughs) (laughs) It reminds me of Dodgeball. You know how, like, in Dodgeball, they do that, like, segment where they're talking about uh, who's the guy from Globo Gym? This is killing me now. I know. I'm all that, dude. Let me look this up. No, no, no. Don't look it up. But he's Ben Stiller. But but who is he? Uh, uh, I can't remember it. His like his his name. Yeah. What's his name? You can look it up. That's fine. I'm gonna look it up real quick. Hold on. Let me look this up. Well, anyways, there's a segment where they're talking about him, 
and it shows him like diving through the air in slow motion and his hair is going all over the place white goodman white goodman (laughs) i knew that how did i forget that it's a classic do you remember that part where he's like diving in slow motion? Just look at that hair. And he's like, "That's what I'm saying." That the hair is feathered and lethal. That's how, that's what I think about when I see Aiden Huniger. Maybe he. Wait. Took, uh... Before you go on, my favorite quote from: "No one makes me bleed my own blood." No one makes me bleed my own blood. That's a great, <laughs> that's a great movie. So maybe he took a page out of White Goodman, out of his playbook. And he grew out the hair because it was feathered and it was lethal. One of the things I noticed about Aiden Huniger that was awesome was kind of his growth from last year to this year. Do you remember last year? Oh, here's a trivia time. Do you remember how many points he averaged last year? Aiden Huniger? Yeah. He averaged more, if I'm not mistaken. I think he averaged like 22 a game, 21. He averaged like 21. Yeah, so that's what I remember. He, he was a stud. I mean, offensively, he was kind of all they had. He's averaging less. He he ended the year with like 16.7 points per game or something like that. Here's the thing, though. I thought that he grew a lot as a player. I thought he was more patient. I thought that the other players around him, and this is a credit to Coach Neal, they really improved. And that was one of the things that you talked about for them moving into this season, that they needed to the skill development. Like, and, they, and they did that, and they got a lot better. He didn't have to have those massive numbers. They just had other players that were doing really well and – I just felt like Aiden Huniger, if you take him off of this team, especially with how Josh Neal got hurt towards the end of the season, I think this team would be, I'm not saying that it'd be a different outcome. I think it'd be a different outcome though. I don't think they win the championship without Aiden Huniger. This kid kept everything together during some adversity for them. He was consistent. I really like this kid. He's a tough player, man. He's a really tough player. I mean, just like I said last year, we we were talking about how he was kind of like, they're Garrison Sherman, they're Caleb Shaw. Like, they're, that's all they had. They're Chinos, like, you know what I mean? That's all they had. And, you know, Coach Neal said, like, he knew what they needed to get better at, and that's what exactly what he did. And even then, some, like I said, it's so, like, we talked about it last season, like, kind of towards the end of the season. It is so hard to get your team to, like, change their nutrition and just to work out in the offseason. Because one thing, obviously, you know, go play in the gym and, you know, work on some things, you know, for an hour or two in the gym, but they actually, you know, be able to lift weights and stuff like that and then work on your diet. It's just a whole nother thing. So for what coach Neil was able to do for Mal can get those kids ready for Aiden Huniger was just huge. And I really feel like he was the most important piece of this team. So I think player of the year is very well-deserved. So big congrats to you, Aiden Huniger and all together for all of these kids who were thinking about just going through and like reading off every name but that would be kind of boring. So you guys can look that up. We just wanted to give some players that really stick out to us and share some insight that we saw following them throughout the whole season. And yeah, big congrats to all of you guys because all of you guys very well-deserved. And now it's off season and I'm seeing on social media, there's a ton of players out there just playing in club ball, playing at tournaments. This is the time to get better. So it's going to be for some people, Seeing these conference awards lists, correct me if I'm wrong, is it not fuel for the fire for next year? Yes, it is. Because, I mean, think about last year. Think about some of our kids, you know, like the Chino, when he saw his name, like he thought he should have been here, but he wasn't. I mean, that could put that put fuel to the fire, and you know, he was able to get to where he wanted to get. And um, for you kids that probably didn't make the list or you felt like you should have been like the first or second team, you know, and you just have another year left, go out there and prove it. You know, prove to them that you're that guy. 
what does Corey always say? You're not that guy. You're not you're that not, guy. You're not that guy. So be that guy. Yeah, be that guy. You know, so we might we might have to make shirts. Be that guy. Be that guy. <laughs> be that guy. With Travel's face on there. Yes. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Or? Um, I think the only thing I have to say for you seniors that are getting ready to go play at the next level or still looking and maybe not have an offer, you know, don't hang your head. You know what I mean? There's still a ton of basketball. There's so many schools out there. And then for those of you who have committed, you know, let us know. Cause like I said, we want to, we said, we want to give you flowers. We want to shout you guys out. So, I mean, that'd be pretty cool. So like I said, if you have committed, you know, let us know, shoot us in our DMS or email, whatever you, whichever way you best to reach us, do that. And like I said, um, we're always here to help you guys. So, you know, yeah. It's good. You always like to say we want to give you your flowers. Give everybody their flowers. I think it's just well-deserved. I mean, not everybody gets to go play college basketball. So if you get the opportunity, I mean, like I said, we would love to, you know, use our platform to shout you guys out and just kind of, you know, help you guys too in any way possible. We've got some really good episodes coming up for you guys. We've got a couple coaches' corners. We've got some players' perspectives. We've just got some really fun stuff coming up for you guys. So thank you guys for tuning into the Arizona Small Ball Podcast. If you want to be a part of the action, you guys can hop on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and you can just interact with us there. We got we got a lot of action there, which is really cool. And if you are rolling with us every single week, now it's every other week, but if you're rolling with us every single episode and you're down with what you're doing, you support us, man, go to Apple Podcasts and write us a review. We've already got over 100, which is super cool. But write us a review and, and yeah, just show your support in that way. So thank you guys for supporting us. We hope you guys have a great week and we'll catch you next time.